0: hosts Graham Duke and Ali Hood. Hello. Hello. Welcome to another Rex Factor, reviewing all the kings and queens of England, from Alfred the Great to Elizabeth the Second. This week, Henry the First. Indeed, and uh, another one of these people that may be a familiar name, but do we know too much about him? I'm I'm on
1: familiar, well not familiar territory, I'm I'm getting more and more comfortable with these names. Mm. Like uh, you could have thrown all the Engle flaws at me, <laughs> but I wouldn't have had a clue. But Henry the First, definitely definitely on the way. We're getting
0: familiar to it. Good solid Norman name. Exactly, yeah. Indeed. Anyway, this week it's Henry the First. So as a quick recap, previously we'd seen William the Conqueror conquer England in 1066, and then subsequently. But upon his death, he splits Normandy and England. So his oldest son Robert took Normandy but then his second oldest, Rufus, took England. And then in 1100, Rufus was accidentally killed in the New Forest, which meant that because Robert was away on the Crusades, the door was left open for brother number three, which was Henry. Right. So Henry, he was born in 1068, uh, son of William I and Matilda of Flanders, became king in 1100, so he's about 32 years old, and he is the 24th great-grandfather of Elizabeth II.
1: Lucky
0: lucky Lizzie. Lucky Liz. His appearance, we're, we're without cars now, but we do actually have contemporary descriptions Perfect. to go, so although I'm sure the cars will equally yeah, they'll come back. accurate. Uh, William of Malmesbury describes him as of medium height, with black receding hair, a broad chest and a tendency to gain weight with advancing years. He was sociable and witty, temperate in eating and drinking, casual and informal in speech. He slept soundly and had a most regrettable tendency to snore. <laughs>
1: um, well, that's uh, a bit out of character for that family, isn't it? Then only a bit more, he's there talking about a, a, quite a calm
0: chap. Yeah. He is uh, a much more calm chap and he's much more, as you'll see, intellectual chap.
1: Right. Than, oh, uh, yes. Now he had a nickname.
0: Beau Clark.
1: I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have told you that. When <laughs> I knew it was something like that yeah. because
0: he was well educated. Although it's a nickname which was ascribed to him later, rather right. than contemporaries. Mm. Anyway, so in terms of securing the succession, if we remember, Henry hadn't actually been left any land at all by William the Conqueror. So he'd just been given, I think, sort of five thousand pounds or marks of silver. He'd later become the count of a region in France called Contantin how it's pronounced, because he bought it off Roberts. But then in 1100, he was on the hunting party where William Rufus was killed. Right. Now, Well, we'll we'll maybe go into that in scandal (laughs) as to whether we think we could point the finger of blame at him. But what it means is that he's in a great position to take advantage. That all the nobles go rushing away from the forest to secure their lands to make sure if there's any uh, strife, uprising, that everything's secure. He, Henry, goes straight to Winchester and secures the treasury.
1: That, yeah, because he didn't have any land. Mm. But these guys, I know I should have mentioned it last week, really, what would 20 minutes ca- take? Count? <laughs> Just, Just to to pick, him pick him up. up. But, take him to a... Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable.
0: Where's the gratitude for mm. all the it funny shoes? And, as well. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, of course, his great rival was El, uh, elder brother Robert Curtos, but he was coming back from Jerusalem, having had a glorious time in the First Crusade. Did he do well? Apparently he did do well, and he may even have been offered to become king of Jerusalem. Huh. But no, he came back. He'd rather squabble with his brothers. Well, he presumably thought he was going to take back Normandy, which Rufus was looking after. And then when he finds out Rufus is dead, he thinks, ah, get England as well, hmm. except Henry's there. But apparently it's not... Shouldn't be seen as a usurpation by Henry because the automatic primogeniture was not firmly est- firmly established. Hence, why Rufus was able to be king of England even though Robert was the older one. Yeah, and Henry claimed he had a right by porphyrogeniture, which means that he was born in the purple. The
1: purple, yes, like the con- um, like the Byzantine Empire. Yeah, because
0: yeah. William Rufus and Robert were born before William the Conqueror became yeah, king Yeah, so was
1: his first royal.
0: Yeah, not only that, but he was actually born in England. Yeah. In fact, in Selby, in Yorkshire. So he's a Yorkshireman. is really? he? Yeah. Um, so his coronation took place at great speed because he wanted to get himself mm. in position quickly. And if we recall, Anselm, who was the Archbishop of Canterbury, had gone into exile because he quarrelled with William yeah, Rufus. Yeah, he was annoying, that guy. So that means that the Archbishop of Canterbury isn't there. The Archbishop of York was in York, which is a bit far away, so he was actually crowned by Morris, the Bishop of London. No. But he continues, so he brings back Anselm from exile, and then Anselm married him to Edith, who was a sort of princess in Scotland, but she's also the granddaughter of Edmund Ironside, Yay. which means that the Saxon line of Alfred yeah. the Great and Edmund has now joined. Oh, with that's Normans. cool! I so like it's popular that. with the Saxons, and it means Norman Saxons. There so one...
1: when you say popular with the Saxons, it's still very much a. I suppose we're
0: the English populace are still. Yeah, because how chance. many
1: years after this are we talking? When was he crowned again?
0: Uh, 1100, so... Oh, yeah, very much so. Then, still yeah. aren't less yeah. than 50 years yeah. uh, since Hastings. Anyway, so he's married her, he's settled himself, but Robert Curtos decides that he wants to take him on, he wants the crown back. And indeed, Henry didn't have full support from all the nobles, and many of them did favour Robert. In particular, there was a chap called Ranulf Flambard, who was Rufus's chief minister... And he was quite unpopular, so Henry had imprisoned him in the Tower of London early on. But he became the first person to escape from the Tower of London.
1: What a claim.
0: Indeed. That's brilliant. How do you do it? Uh, I think apparently... Security, I think, less than it would later be. I think (laughs) apparently people dropped in some uh, cask of wine with some rope in it. And allegedly (laughs) he either got the guards drunk or he just climbed out. That's
1: amazing.
0: Just similar. put it in something else. Yeah. You
1: could just give him a robe and say it's a novelty snake toy. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: and> just <laughs> use that. That's mad. Anyway, he gets out, goes back to Normandy and persuades Robert that he should definitely invade. And moreover, Flambard knows about the English defences. So when they come over in their ships, Henry's ready at Pevensey, which is where the Conqueror landed yeah. in ten sixty six. And he's got ships out on the coast, but Flambard bribes the English ships Um, ...that he meets, and then they find a way to go around, and so they land at Portsmouth. Mm. So they're now very close to Winchester, where the money is, and Henry all the way up in Hastings. So, Robert marches on Winchester, but then he decides to stop and camps outside the city. And then, apparently, changes his mind and heads off to London. Right. So he doesn't take the treasury. And then Henry, with his army that's been waiting, storms down. They meet each other at a place called Alton, which is in Hampshire... And uh, this is 1101, by the way, and they have a treaty. And the armies meet, they negotiate. Oh, I thought you
1: were going to say they have a massive
0: rock. No they? massive battle. And uh-huh. Robert agrees to renounce his claim to the throne. Why? How
1: do, how do you bog in that? That's amazing. Well,
0: yeah, it's, Robert doesn't have a great reputation for strategic <laughs> right. skill. Uh, but in return, Henry gives him an annual pension of about £3,000.
1: Pretty good, seeing his uh, brother got 5,000 from the king. Indeed. However,
0: it doesn't last very long. 11.05, the agreement's pretty much broken down. So Henry gathers up an army and decides he's going to deal with this. So he goes across the channel to Normandy. And then 11.06, um, outside Tenshebray, the two armies accidentally happen upon each other.
1: <laughs> Henry, is that you? Henry! <laughs> oh, Henry! <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they have a battle. Yay! And uh, it's a great success for Henry. He completely wins the day. Imprisons Robert... For life. Really? Then Never yeah. lets him out. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose we can tell yes he did. Yes exactly. really. I can yeah. confirm and that's about 30 years of well, life. So you... But in comfort. Yeah in comfort. Yeah. He's not in the Tower of London. Mm. Uh, but that means that Henry has now won back Normandy so as it was under William, William the Conqueror King of England, Duke mm. of Normandy same person, same realm.
1: Mm.
0: Pretty good going. Yeah. Pretty good going. And we'll also just say a little note here for one of our old friends who's now going to depart from the story Edgar the Etheling.
1: He's leaving the motor
0: coil, is he? He was the grandson of Edmund Ironside. And remember that under William the Conqueror, he'd been the sort of figurehead for rebellion and been yeah, trying kept to, popping up mm. and had the gift of the gap that he kept being let off by yeah. William. He is friends with Robert, perhaps because they both had this sense of being uh, denied their oh, yeah. birthright. Yeah. He went on the Crusades with him. And when he came back, he got all these lucrative offers from the courts at Germany, Greece, Byzantium, to stay there for lots of money. Why? Would they work? To help protect it? Yeah, and just because he was well-respected because right. he was a descendant of Edmund Ironside and Alfred, yeah. etc. But he turned them all down because he had this belief that he had a right to the mm-hmm. English throne and that was where he belonged. So he kept on coming back.
1: Right, yeah. He
0: gets captors at Tanshabri as well, but, gift of the gab, he gets released quite Again, quickly. Bloody
1: yeah, that guy's amazing.
0: But no more rebelling for Edgar the Etheling. He decides to go into a comfortable retirement on his estates in Hertfordshire and apparently he lives until about 1125 that guy would have had such stories. He would, and he did lots. He was campaigning all over the Europe, lots of women, lots of horses that he used to Crusades. spend all his money on. Crusades. That's a film right there. It is. Mm-hmm. But imagine, if he'd been king, he would have been king for about 60 years or something. Yeah. If he had torrent, taken it in 1066. Anyway, he is now gone. The last Saxon pretender to the throne is gone. Mm. However, Henry's rivals are in France rather than England. So this is where his problems are. In particular, a chap called William Cleto, which is kind of another... Eathling type word. Mm. So he's the son of Robert. Mm. Robert Duke of Normandy was imprisoned. And William Cleto is trying to take back Normandy and Henry's land's there. And he's supported by a lot of the rival kings. So there's Baldwin, Count of Flanders, and then Louis the Sixth of Scotland, er, not Scotland, of is that, France. Is that Baldwin, Crusading Baldwin? Uh, it could be. Mm. He's just interesting character. I haven't looked it up too much. Mm. Anyway, but Henry puts them down at the Battle of Brémule in 1119 and secures a peace based on the marriage and alliance of, um, and homage to, his son, William Adelan. However, in 1120, on the way back, uh, there's a ship called the White Ship, which is probably the most famous thing from Henry's reign because William Adelan and lots of other uh, Norman nobles, male and female go on the ship on the way back to England. But they all get a bit drunk, passengers and the crew, and the helmsman crashes into a rock, which he doesn't see. ship breaks apart and everybody drowns, apart from a butcher from ruin, who apparently was wearing very thick clothing and was able to survive the night. Wow. So the prince, Henry's only son, is killed. Lots of other heirs to Norman estates and mm. boundages die. It's... Biggest maritime disaster probably of the medieval period in Europe. Wow. Sort of almost comparable to the Titanic, except that pretty much everyone on the ship is from the Royal Classes. Team's out. Yeah.
1: Like the Manchester United plane crash, that one. Yeah,
0: the Munich crash, yeah. Uh, the aftermath of this, lots of heirs died, but in particular no one dared tell Henry on his first day back in England because they were just so scared because it was such a bad thing. And eventually a young boy was sent to tell him, at which point he collapsed with grief. Partly because obviously his only son had died, and also because his entire reign is now in tatters because his wife Edith had died a couple of years earlier,
1: and his son, blimey. and
0: his son. So very quickly he gets married again to a woman called Adeliza, um, but unfortunately they don't produce any children at all. Mm. So, thinking what he's going to do, he's only got one legitimate child left, and that's a daughter called Matilda.
1: Oh, yeah, of course, yeah.
0: So what he decides to do, unprecedented step, he names Matilda in 1126 as his heir, and he gets all of his nobles and barons in England to swear their allegiance to her and any future sons.
1: Mm. Good try. Indeed.
0: Louis VI and William Cleto in France don't take to this and think that Cleto, as you know, the son of Robert... A legitimate male is yeah. one who should be heir. Yeah. Uh, they rebel again. We- Cleto becomes Count of Flanders, looking powerful, but lots of skillful diplomacy from Henry prevent Normandy ever being attacked. And ultimately, Cleto dies from an infected wound in battle.
1: And so, at this point, is Normandy English
0: or? It's under Henry's control. It's under Henry's yeah. yeah, yeah. It's
1: confusing so, time to talk about the English. It, it is, process. yeah.
0: And so, Cleto dies in eleven twenty eight, and Anglo Norman realm seemingly at peace. There are no mm. more rivals. Everything's fine. And even better, Matilda marries Geoffrey, Count of Anjou, and they have a son, also called Henry. Yeah. So Henry thinks, guy, Great, yeah. I've now got a grandson who mm. is obviously one day gonna become king. Mm. Everything's fine. Eleven thirty five, against his doctor's orders, Henry feasted on his favourite food, which were lampreys. Fish. Fish. Yeah. Very funny looking fish, it was sort of like an eel, eel yeah. but then without a face and they've just got, they've got a sucker, like a, a round suckers. mouth. Yeah. It. Ugly looking thing. But anyway, he got ill and then a few days later he died. Death by lamprey. Well, yeah, apparently he's said to have died from a surfeit of lamprey. <laughs> um, and apparently, this is a story you get from Henry of Huntingdon, who's the same person that gave us the story of Canute and the Sea. How was how he? Henry of Huntingdon? Yeah. Well, he wasn't around at the time of Canute, he was being oh, a right, historian looking okay. back. But it's another morality tale. So, whereas Canute was about the limited oh, power yep, of kings, yep, yep. this is about not seeking things which got forbidden. Oh, right, just not, not just the health <laughs> so. yeah. device. Anyway, so 67 years old, Henry I has died. Not a bad age, but very unexpected, because apparently he's very healthy, very active, even into his late 60s. Mm. But 11.35, Henry's gone. Matilda's there. What's going on? What's going to happen next? Next, for us, is that we review Henry the 1st Let's go. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Battleiness. So it's quite a contrast with Rufus here, because apparently Henry preferred diplomacy to battle. Moreover, his foreign policy was quite limited, so whereas Rufus, when he died, had all these plans of conquering basically the whole of France, Henry very much just secures England, secures Normandy, and then just leaves it there. He doesn't want to expand anymore. He's just defensive after that. So on the one level it doesn't look like he's going to do much in battling and indeed we see a lot of uh, diplomacy so we have the Treaty of Alton where he negotiated with Robert so that they didn't fight and Robert agreed not to challenge him as King yeah. of England which worked out pretty well for him.
1: Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't get, after that, non-battle he mm-hmm. was never challenged for the English throne yeah. again, just the Normandy. Just
0: Normandy, yeah. Oh, so he secures Normandy, to, yeah. uh, England very quickly. William Clito, who is rival in France, again, Henry used lots of diplomatic skills to undermine him, mm. so there was never a full-scale invasion. So he secretly sent money out to all of his regional rivals, which meant that he was always busy fighting them rather than actually invading Normandy. Oh, okay. And he also managed, when Clito tried to marry the daughter of Anjou, he had the marriage annulled on the grounds of consanguinity.
1: Oh, too too close blood. Too close blood.
0: So apparently he's so effective that despite all of this rivalry going on, Normandy's never really attacked or Mm. under siege or warfare. So he keeps peace, despite the fact that he's got these rivals.
1: He keeps the lid on the little irritants very, always moving. Yeah. yeah.
0: However, he does have some battliness as well as the diplomacy. So before he became king, uh, there was a rebellion in Rouen in 1090, um, which was meant to be being defended mainly by Robert Curtos. But Henry won all the fame for putting the rebellion down, and uh, Robert got a bit of a bad reputation as somebody who didn't really know what he was doing. Mm. Uh, 1106, as we saw, was the Battle of Tanshebray, was when Henry defeated and then uh, imprisoned Robert. Uh, and apparently it was quite successful in terms of Henry's strategy. So they happened upon each other by chance, but then Henry took the unusual tactic to actually dismount his cavalry, and it was an infantry. Assault
1: was well, what wanted.
0: Yeah. I, I guess the conditions, the uh, yeah, bodies, lay of the I mean, land, yeah. and also he had a hidden force, a reserve force, which he kept out of sight until a useful point in yeah. the battle, at which point it came in, made yeah. all the difference, like yeah. the Prussians at Waterloo. And then, eleven nineteen, the Battle of Brémule was when he defeated uh, William Clito and Louis the Sixth of France, and again drove them from the battlefield. Not many people died, though. Apparently, only uh, three people killed in this battle.
1: In which one?
0: Br- uh, Bramule in eleven nineteen. So it's smaller groups. So we don't have like ten thousand people either side of the field. So we have, I guess, a skirmish of knights, and they just capture them or they run away. It's all very quick.
1: Three people,
0: though. That's just, yeah. that's a that's the the
1: probably the tally of a of a Saturday night in in <laughs> yeah. England. Yeah. <laughs> That's a brawl
0: A brawl, wow So Henry's a, a man To have on your side In a brawl If he's got far superior forces That makes everybody else Run away Well upwards. I still think He did pretty well though. Still does pretty well Um so how are we going to score him? In a way, he's far less battle crazed than Rufus, but, but he does actually have a battle. He does actually have a battle. He does actually have to defend territory and win territory. So he does take back Normandy. i
1: and and he's prepared to raise an you know, army as soon as there was an issue in Normandy. Just bang straight up there, sort it out. Yeah. No, I think it's definitely better than William. Hmm. As much as William would want to be. Yeah. Just,
0: <laughs> as William Rufus was saying, well, yeah. the conqueror. Uh, I would. I mean, really, what else? Could he do? He wins an outright battle. He wins an outright battle. I suppose if we were to say against him, we'd say they're probably not the big, exciting battles but of they're, like History and the They did won. count, yeah.
1: They, they, and they, they were the ones, they won, they un, not like he won an unnecessary one. They, he put yeah. it down, as you
0: say. Then did what he had to do. Did what
1: he had to do and went back. And then
0: he didn't push too far. Mm. He just secured it after that by diplomatic means. It's got to be over five, because he <laughs> hasn't lost. Yeah. And the
1: diplomacy's got to count for something. Mm. I'm going to go six or seven. I'm going over go a six, I think. I've, I don't know why, but I like this chap. Hmm. But I know I'll go six, because I think we're going to see some serious battliness yeah. later.
0: Still, that's a 12. Yeah. Very good start yeah. for battliness from Henry I.
1: Scandal.
0: So, scandal. First things first. The death mm. of William oh, Rufus.
1: He's tired he's with that brush.
0: Very suspicious. It's hugely convenient for Henry. And indeed, as we discussed at the end of last week, also the French who were Mm. aware that William Rufus was planning to invade. And a hunting accident is perfect cover for the assassination, because it's an easy place where someone might get killed, easy to cover up. And moreover, the fact that Henry seems to have such a strong notion of what to do, he goes straight to the treasury, coronated as soon as he possibly can, brings back Anselm, gets married. Uh, It's all very decisive, very well Mm, thought out. That's true. As one historian said, almost in decent haste. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, my, maybe though he's. Oh no, he wasn't doing that as, uh, for the protection of the dynasty, because otherwise it just secured the Get treasury. Robert, yeah. yeah.
0: On the other hand, there's no suggestion of foul play until centuries later. Most historians still think he probably was innocent, and his reaction really is entirely logical. Whether or not he planned it, if Rufus was killed in the hunt on the hunting accident, first thing you do if you're the brother is mm. think, well. Better take control Mm. while I can. So he may just be opportunistic rather than murdering.
1: Yeah, okay. so he's got a a touch of Mm. of scandal. A whiff of scandal. Like Alfred the Great, there's something there.
0: (laughs) Anyway, there's more stuff. Something Henry can't deny is he had a bit of a reputation for cruelty. Um, So he was renowned for enacting quite cruel punishments. So if you remember in 1090, we'd said that rebellion he put down in Rouen. Mm. He also defenestrated... A chap called Conan. Threw him out of the window? Threw him out of the window. He led him... The rebellion was led by this uh, chap, who was sort of a commoner. Led him up to the top of the tower, asked him to look out at the view ahead. The guy said, sorry about this, please let me go. And Henry said, no. Nope. Pushed him out the window. So was
1: that quite a common punishment? As in that was a, regi- a recognised... Punishment of throwing... I'm not sure.
0: It seems a bit of an ordeal if that was does, the... doesn't it? And it's like, he's rebel, sir. Shall you take him up to the top of the tower? And throw him up. Oh, but do, the do fact, he fact has that it's got another name. Yeah, because
1: would <laughs> yeah. yeah. do it if he lands on his head. <laughs> yeah. But defenestrate, throw him out the window. It's not that much hard to say. So the fact that it's got its own name...
0: Well, I don't know if that's a very well-held <laughs> thing or if it was just one historian being a bit clever with words.
1: I, yeah, but, mm, I've heard that for somewhere. To
0: well, maybe, well, maybe it is a, a well-practiced technique. well practiced we will never look technique. into this. We will. Anyway, as well as that, he blinded uh, Count of Mortain, who fought against him at Tancherbray. In 1125, all English moneyers, or minters, i.e. the people that make the coins, uh, were sentenced to have their right hand cut off. All of them? All of them. Why? Uh, because there was a problem with uh, money being forfeitured at that time. Not forfeitured, um, forged because there was a dwindling supply of silver and it was thought that people were forging the money. So he, as a punishment, just crossed the board. I don't know if he actually did it to all of them because you'd have thought that would have had a knock-on effect. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to train the, the coins, on, like, yeah. yeah.
1: That's really severe.
0: That's pretty severe. And also apparently his son-in-law blinded one of his hostages at one point. So he gave consent for his granddaughters, via an illegitimate child, to be blinded in return. And
1: well, Hang on, no... But Matt, he
0: blinded his own grandchildren. No, he gave, he accepted that that could happen. He said, yes, that seems fair. Eye for an eye, literally. His uh, granddaughter, well, his daughter, Julianne, was outraged. And uh, when he came along to see her, she uh, tried to shoot him with a crossbow, but missed. And then she was uh, held up, uh, imprisoned, but she escaped by leaping from a castle window into a moat.
1: This is, this has got Hollywood medieval it does all over it. So, so did his granddaughters actually get blinded? Do we I, know?
0: They might have done. They might have done.
1: And this is all because his his not even, not his nephew, his son in law
0: i.e. the father of, so course. not
1: even blood relation. No, yeah. So you could, have, you could have had it say his daughter-in-law's
0: children, perhaps. Hmm. yeah. Well, that's the his squandering Yeah, well, it's an illegitimate daughter, if that makes any difference. So it's not his grandchildren. i grand, you again, if it does, to
1: be honest. I'm just trying to w- w- wiggle out a tight spot, but it's, yeah. it's terrible. So, mm, uh, points deducted, Henry. Mm. Points deducted.
0: Um, on the other hand, again, there's always another side to these scandals with Henry. With Conan, um, contemporaries apparently praised him at the time for a strong reaction to a commoner traitor because th- um, Conan, the guy that he threw out the window, mm-hmm. was commoner, oh, right. and to dare to stand against royalty, apparently though he thought it was a good, strong show yeah, of justice. Yeah, penetrate that man. Yeah, did. <laughs> <laughs> the Minters, as you said, they were a problem with the supply of silver, so he was maybe just showing, you know, I won't tolerate any forgery. And punishments, all these harsh punishments, were just seen as bringing law and order, which won him praise from contemporaries. So at the time, it wasn't considered scandalous, and it was actually considered good... Good, good order. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm, I'm definitely judging him by model, modern standards. Yes, <laughs> but
0: I think anyone
1: would think that they were harsh.
0: However, he's got one bit of scandal which we cannot, in any way, uh, justify. It's definitely scandal. He holds the record number of illegitimate children. Wow! Somewhere between twenty and twenty-four illegitimate children.
1: That's brilliant.
0: It's a huge number, and. As uh, his biographer said, he was avidly heterosexual, in contrast to Rufus, and lots A- of his mistresses obviously. had to be sufficiently um, high up the social scale that we actually know who they are, and thus we've got quite good records of all these illegitimate children. Crikey. So he was very out in the open about it.
1: Wow, wait, avidly <laughs> <open> heterosexual, <laughs> yeah. that's brilliant. Um, that's, that's pretty good going, isn't it? But but no children of his own by the end, other than the daughter. Other than
0: the daughter, yeah, and mm. he didn't recognise any of the illegitimate children as being throne-worthy. Even mm. though they all all given good positions, he uses them for marriages, again, in that diplomacy, but only Matilda's considered.
1: Oh, good chap. All right.
0: So, that's all of his scandal. It's, um, it's quite a few things there. Some question marks, but the children is definitely...
1: No, uh, I'm I'm loving I it. Um, I enough. accept it all.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, it's been <laughs> so a while since there's some really good scandal. going. scandal. Then. That's great, yeah. Uh
1: at least seven.
0: Mm. So last time we both go seven to Rufus, who of course had the homosexuality thing going on. He was just more fun. Pointy issues. He was fun, you know, He got points for being fun and funny.
1: Yeah. Um walking around like a clown.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh so I'll go seven eight. Eight. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go for seven and a half. I think it is a little bit more scandalous than Rufus, mm. but there are a lot of question marks. Yeah. But anyway, either way, that's fifteen and a half for scandal. Another big score. He's doing well so He's far. He's doing really well. Next up.
1: Subjectivity.
0: So this is, basically, was he a good, just ruler? Would you want to be subject to this king? Mm. And this is probably there where we've got the most to go on. Yeah. So, first things first, pro-Saxon. He marries uh, Edith, as we said, the granddaughter of Edmund Ironside, which connects the Saxon and Norman lines. Mm. And apparently Edward the Confessor had had a deathbed prophecy where he saw a green tree being split down the middle. And then three strands came out separately, so the tree was broken, going off in different directions, but then they'd come back together again and produce leaves and fruit. So Henry and Edith were seen as uniting that broken tree, because you'd had uh, Harold, you'd had William the Conqueror, you'd had William Rufus, the three strands, and now it's come back Uh, together again, Saxon and Norman, as it should be. Also, the marriage helped improve relations with Scotland because she'd got Scottish heritage because she was um, daughter of the King of Scotland. And she was also a very popular queen, so she cared for lepers, built a hospital for them in St Giles, improved the system of roads, built the first arched bridge in England. Where was that? Over the River Lee. Oh, right. And uh, she was much mourned on her death, so she was a popular queen. That's in Essex, is River really. Lee. Okay. And Henry was also the first Norman king fully fluent in English. That's credit. Probably spoke the language. So, the people like him, Saxons like him. Church relations, in particular, our old friend Ansel. Can't be worse than his brother. Well, he can't be worse than his brother. And this is uh, the difference between them two quotes from them. This is Rufus in 1094 about Ansel. Yesterday I hated him with great hatred. Today I hate him with still greater hatred. And he can be certain that tomorrow and thereafter I shall hate him continually with ever fiercer and more bitter hatred. As for his blessings and prayers, I utterly abominate them and spew them from me. That's wow. Rufus. This is Henry in 1106. He promised, uh, when they had a bit of a conflict, an explanation that will be so satisfactory to you that, when you and I come to talk it over, I am certain that you will not blame me for what I have done. What did he do? Well, again, we have the investiture controversy, which is whether the Pope or the King had the right to mm. elect uh, bishops. Henry, probably a bit surprised when he brings Anselm over, they work together, think, yes, we're good on. You'll just accept the uh, investiture from me, and then you're my archbishop. Everything's great. And Anselm says, no. You remember that owl thing I had with Rufus about the Pope thing? Yep, that's still valid. Uh, Henry's like, really? Could we not just, you know, leave we on get the altar on? Wait for you to pick like, no, no, do it properly. So they have the same dispute that he had with Rufus. Uh this guy and again deputation sent off to a new pope Pascal II but again he won't budge so 1103 Anselm goes off into exile again Mr Exile but in 1105 um, Henry and Anselm meet in Normandy and reach a compromise largely because Anselm threatened Henry with excommunication and this is when Henry had come over to fight Robert yeah and if all if Henry had been excommunicated at that time his support would probably have dwindled so he really had to come to an accord and they agree, no more excommunications. Henry would forsake the right to elect uh, his bishops as long as the bishops and clerics do homage to their nobles, i.e. he still gets some money from them. Right. Uh, Pascal agrees in 1106, thinks that's fine, but Anselm still doesn't really want to return. So Henry does further concessions. He restores all of the church lands and all of the wealth of Canterbury that had been seized under Rufus. And then 1107, the Concordat of London... They formalise their agreement, Anselm comes back, and all is well again, and Anselm dies in 1109.
1: Thank God. Well, I'm getting you on in. I think <laughs> well, he terrific. does after that, obviously. Yeah. Um, the This excommunication business mm. uh, cuts him off at the knees, couldn't it? He'd be stuffed. He would be stuffed, yeah. It's like you're playing a game, and then the owner of the ball says, you can't play anymore. Yeah. And then <laughs> if you carry on playing, I'm saying, no, that doesn't count because he's not playing. Yeah. <laughs> Rubbish. It's such a rubbish thing to
0: do. Yeah. But what it works. You mean, you? And you could argue this is kind of a compromise of royal power. So Henry has actually given things away, whereas Rufus was sort of won the day and stood his ground. Henry actually had to give something away. However, on the other hand, his whole kingship could have come tumbling down if he hadn't done something. So, you know, he deals mm. with it quite well. More good stuff. Apparently there's something of a 12th century renaissance, as it was termed. So a sort of cultural flourishing in learning in the arts. Um, Particularly his wife, Edith, was said to be important in making the court a more cultivated place. Remember, Rufus hadn't had a wife and it was a hotbed of darkness and all sorts of goings-on. Instead, she cultivates music, cultivates literature, much more sophisticated. As we said earlier, he's nicknamed Beau Clark because unlike his brothers, he was fully literate and well-educated, which they hadn't been previously. And uh, historian Galbraith said he's probably the most educated king since Alfred the Great. But more important than Alfred, because Henry sets a trend that from now on all kings will receive an education. Really so previously my, they yeah. could be warriors, they could be this or that, from now on they'll all be educated. So he said, Henry said that an uneducated king was like a crowned ass. Which mm-hmm. apparently wasn't one of his only recorded jokes. <laughs> <been Rufus. laughs> Yet more subjectivity is his good government. Yeah. So first thing he does when he gets uh, his coronation, he has a coronation oath. But unlike previous ones, it's actually written down. So there are 14 declarations which um, abide him to the law, basically, which hadn't happened before. And these are really addressing abuses of royal power that had happened under Rufus. So things like overtaxation of the barons, those uh, vacant bishoprics and abbeys that Rufus had had. All that's going now. And this is quite an important step towards Magna Carta which is where you really get to say this is what the king has to do, this is how he has to treat his realm. Not sure to what extent Henry really adhered to it in full, but it's important as a precedent. Mm. He also reforms the court, um, as in his royal court. So under Rufus, it had been disorderly, had a reputation for raping and pillaging all the way across the countryside. Under Henry, strict rules against looting and sexual harassment and he also discouraged his courtiers from wearing the extravagant clothing and long hair that Rufus had... Uh, and his bald forehead. forehead. And his bald <laughs> forehead. So it's a much more sober environment than it had previously been the case. And he also laid out very clearly the roles and responsibilities that everybody had at court. So it's much more of an organised mm. bureaucracy than had existed previously. Right. Also more administrative reforms. Probably the most sophisticated government in Europe since the Romans... So it's really very heavy centralised and very well organised. So we've got a court that becomes the chief source of royal justice. So that goes around the whole country and all the shires. A much more thorough system of record keeping, which stabilises government. And also the Exchequer comes along in this period.
1: Ah, that's what I knew about him, yeah. yeah. And yeah. apparently it
0: originated as a rectangular table. So it was yes, it a physical board, theme. yeah. yeah. They yeah.
1: yeah. pushed the coins
0: about on yeah. yeah. And then they recorded it all on these great uh, pipe rolls. Uh, the first of which, from Henry's reign, survives in 1130, which is like the annual audit. Cool. So, lots of good stuff there. And just one more thing, brilliant. 1110, he built England's first zoo. That at is Woodstock. very good. A and, Woodstock? Yes, not as in the uh, festival no, in America. Right. <laughs> Th-
1: that's, there's a Woodstock in Pembrokeshire. Where's the other one?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's that one. Right. But anyway, he had a menagerie of exotic animals, which in apparently included lions, camels, and porcupines, and he just sort of built a walled area to house them all, and that thus technically, versus Zeus.
1: Can you imagine how amazing a porcupine and lion would be there? <laughs> yeah. If you'd only ever seen a
0: badger. <laughs> Probably not for very long if you put them in the same enclosure. Well, I don't know. Although sharp and prickly, yeah. that porcupine. Well, if you know the answer, porcupine versus lion, let us know. The mistake a lion wouldn't make twice. So, Henry's legacy, he reigns for 35 years and pretty much complete peace for England and Normandy. And this was pretty unique. So the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle said there was peace for man and beast. Derek Vitalis said he always devoted himself until the end of his life to preserving peace. And about Normandy, William Malmsteve said he achieved a peace such as no age remembers, such as his father himself was never able to effect.
1: Peaceful unless you're a porcupine or a minter.
0: Indeed. However, there is a downside, which is the succession. After Henry dies, the peace dies with him, and England descends into civil war and anarchy and the terrible state, as we see next time. Mm. Geoffrey of Anjou was Matilda's husband, very unpopular with the Anglo-Norman court because he was from a rival territory, and Henry declined to give him possession of castles, which would have improved his status. Matilda, a woman, which was unusual... He neglected to crown her, which often happened with the children, didn't grant her any lands, and didn't really associate her with his rule whatsoever. So she doesn't have a very strong position. His favourite nephew is a chap called Stephen of Blois.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Who, unbelievably, was going to be on the white ship, but he left it, disembarked, partly because of the drunkenness, but also because he had a particularly bad case of diarrhoea. Were it not for that diarrhoea, he would have died on the white ship and there wouldn't have been any of the problems that Mm. came later. But he's there, and Henry grants him lots of lands and wealth. Didn't mean for him to be a rival to the throne, but it strengthens his position. And then in 1135, Henry had quarrelled with Matilda and Geoffrey about all of these things they wanted, which meant that when he died, they hadn't been on speaking terms for a few months and they weren't there at his deathbed, as you would have expected, where Stephen, of course, is there. So when Henry dies... Stephen takes advantage, steals the throne, and then we descend into civil war because he hadn't secured the succession as well as he might have done. What year does he die? eleven thirty five. Yeah. So very, very successful, peaceful reign, lots of great government and reforms, pro Saxon, all these things, but it does fall apart as soon as he dies, and he's partly to blame.
1: I'd say he was point five at a point of a point to blame. Mm. So, whatever I give him, I'm going to take off 0. 0.5 for the succession because mm. he tried. I mean, he was doing it all over the place. Oh, he's very unlucky, you of his
0: son dying and then he yeah. does it again. but
1: but And so he tried to set it up for Matilda, didn't see it through. Yeah. And I'm going to take another point off mm. for the minters of this world. <laughs> yeah, you feel Because I, th- I think that is outrageous. It might have been about securing and making law and order. But having said that, he's going to score very highly for me. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, he's it's done a, a huge amount, yeah. Mm. Mm. So say I was to give him eight,
0: mm. uh, I'd
1: be six point five. Seems quite harsh now.
0: Yeah, you could go off if you like. Settling on seven. Seven. I'm I'm going to give him seven and a half. Because although there's lots of doubts, I think if we credit him, for, oh that's no, just me. If we credit him for the reign that he had those thirty five years, it's very good. Very, very good. It's the best yet. Second best after Alfred. Second after Alfred. Yeah.
1: Longevity.
0: So, 35 years, so we just said. So that's a very long Fidget, reign. He's scoring really but Second high. highest reign that we've ever had, just behind Ethelred uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Unready, with mm. 38.
1: Dynasty! Not the program.
0: So, all those illegitimate children, he could have had a massive score, but actually he only has one surviving legitimate child in Matilda. Yeah. And we can't credit him for the others, because they're not part of his dynasty. Yeah. He chooses not to name them as heirs. So that's a one... The, the dynasty, y. but that's a total, a record-breaking total of seventy-eight.
1: That's great. You see, I knew you, you look at the names written down? The <clears> one <throat> that immediately sticks out for me there is Henry the That is the first of the kings I can really start to picture. I've really got that sort of medieval mm. crown and big sword and <laughs> building <laughs> castles and doing things well, and it's all it's all <clears throat> fitting into place.
0: Well, now we've got to come to our uh, our big decision. Does he have that certain something, that greatness, that legacy, that brilliant achievement that makes him stand above the others, which we call Rex Factor? Thoughts? It's tricky. He's got an awful lot going for him. He's got a huge amount. He's got success in holding Normandy. He's got scandal. Lots of really great things in subjectivity. He rules for a long time. He's the first English king to me as well, because he
1: speaks English. Well, and he's apart upper... from the Saxons, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But properly, after <clears> the <throat> Norman Conquest, the first of all the names you begin to recognise, he's the first one that speaks English. It, the, it just looks like Henry the I. It's yeah. brilliant.
0: And a lot of the Plantagenets who come afterwards are really hardly interested in England. Mm. So you've got a Norman king who really yeah. interested.
1: And I, 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 like, I didn't think I was going to mm. like it as much as I did. My
0: only thing with Henry First is I've somehow found him a little hard to get into. In the mm. way that we had with Rufus, we had a really strong, yeah, yeah. vibrant character. To find out more about him, yeah. I didn't quite have the same thing with Henry, but I suspect that's because Henry was a much more intelligent, clever... Stern. Stern, and just generally well-ordered king. Yeah. That meant that he was able to rule much better.
1: It, it, yes, that's it. He's ruling much better. Um, which could be said to be a bit more boring. <laughs> That's the thing. So it's a he's bit not more getting boring. the X factor yeah. because he's better. How does this work?
0: That's my problem. Yeah, yeah. I think I can only not give him the X factor for being just a bit be- better, just for being good. Yeah, I think maybe you should have someone who earns X factor for just being really good.
1: I, I mean, if before we did this, if I was to look at the uh, the sheet we've got yeah. here, oh sheet, sure. and uh, see then the names, I would look at that and go, well. Definitely Alfred the Great, definitely Henry the I, just by looking at the names. Yeah, um, <laughs> and all these ones that I didn't recognise it now have the Rex Factor. I, I, and this guy is better, he's scored the highest. He has
0: scored the highest.
1: Who's coming next? We've got this, yeah, but then he leaves it in such a mess.
0: That's the thing, that is the other thing. It, it goes into complete chaos and you can say it's hard on him because he does a lot after his son dies. Mm. It's about 15 years left. Gets Matilda, he gets her married to a powerful person, she has sons. He's probably thinking that she's going to be queen for a bit and then my grandchildren, my mm. son, grandsons are going to become kings. What's his lying. legacy? His legacy?
1: Do people think kindly on the reign?
0: Oh yeah, well say contemporaries. As we said, those quotes from Aldera Vitalis, Malmsbury, the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, he's considered at the time everything the that they business. would have wanted from a king. Really, He secures the realm, powerful if he needs to be, peaceful, maintains the rule of law and order
1: and then what the future chroniclers make of him I imagine Plantagenets might look quite kindly on him
0: yeah everyone looks pretty kindly on him because obviously Plantagenets ultimately are descended from him yeah it's only really a bit later that historians start to balk at the cruelty aspects of his reign but then contemporaries quite like mm, that
1: yeah well, I really want to give it to him but for some reason I'm not yeah I really really want to more than I wanted to give the ones that I did give it to yeah
0: and I was thinking how, can we, how could I justify how can I not it, giving it, it to yeah. him yeah because what's he, what else could he have done
1: I'd be happy to give it to him I really would Mm. but at the same time I'd be kind of thinking that I'd cheapened the Rex factor. (laughs) but if I didn't I'd think he probably deserved it I'm right on the line here
0: I think it's decision time we've got to put our choices down it's a straight yes or no both have to say yes Ali what's your final decision
1: yes he needs the recognition he needs the recognition for his, his really excellent reign. And yes, it was scrapping parts, but we're all flawed. <laughs> We've all been there. And what could he have done better on securing the succession?
0: And he's unlucky because the ship sinks.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Graham? I think I have to say yes as well. Yay! We can't we can not give it to him. It's such a, yeah. a wealth of material.
1: And si- and 78, That's that's... Ooh, what, a blimey, 13 more than the next time? I
0: think if he had those 20 children, recognized would part of the dynasty. It'd he'd have been be, yeah, way be. up there. So anyway, that's a yes for Henry the First. He joins Alfred the Great, Bye. Athelstan, Canute, and, and William the Conqueror as a Rex Factor champion. Excellent. Well yeah. done, Henry. Anyway, that's Henry done. He's won the Rex Factor. Next time, it won't be Matilda, it will be King Stephen. Right. And it will be what is well known as the Anarchy, or in effect... Civil War mm-hmm. when Henry's other legacy comes to pass yeah bit that we won't mention now bit that we won't mention now because it would undermine
1: now you see <laughs> this was his celebration party. he's going why did you go and mention that it was like such <laughs> a great
0: time so we'll forget about that yeah. well done Henry you've got the Rex Factor next time Stephen thanks for listening cheerio